I think um, the public la landscape uh, in Nairobi, uh, and this uh, started in the colonial times. So most of these public spaces that were, were created in Nairobi were not meant for the black people. They were not created uh, with the Kenyans in mind. So ever since this, these spaces have not evolved and there hasn't been much investment into the public uh, spaces. And um, I, I think there is hope because of organizations and entities like Pokbang. Welcome to Urban Limitrophe, a Toronto-based podcast exploring the global African experience by highlighting the various initiatives happening in cities across the African continent and occasionally the diaspora to creatively solve problems, support communities, create vibrant urban spaces, and build better cities overall. I'm your host, Alexandra, and join me as I explore this episode's topic. This episode is sponsored by the University of Toronto School of Cities. The School of Cities convenes urban-focused researchers, educators, students, practitioners, and the general public to explore and address complex urban challenges with the aim of making cities and urban regions more sustainable, prosperous, inclusive, and just. To learn more about their work, visit schoolofcities.utoronto.ca. This episode is also co-sponsored by the University of Toronto's Department of Geography and Planning. To learn more about their work and the different undergraduate and graduate programs available, please visit geography.utoronto.ca. For all those listening, you will hear a new voice today um, on this episode. So I'm joined here by Jane, and I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I don't know why I'm waving. Hi, everyone. <laughs> My name is Jane O'Brien Davis. Um, I'm a classmate of Alexandra's. We're both masters of planning students at U of T. Um, I am really excited to be here and to have spoken with our representative from Bookbunk. I was really excited when Alexandra asked me to be on the podcast or co-host the podcast because like, I don't know, this organizer, first of all, love Alexandra. And second of all, <laughs> Bookmunk is such an incredible organization. Like we learned so much about their like community engagement and how they engage with Kenyan culture. And like what I think was to me, like what really stood out and it kind of speaks like my own interests are in like heritage and like public history and how that kind of works in cities and urban spaces. And like what really stood to me was when we were hearing about how Bookbunk engages the public, not only in their programming, but in like their curation of their collections so that their collection is more representative of like the local community and like Kenyan culture and how Kenyans view Kenyan culture. And I thought that was really interesting. And I'm really excited for all the listeners to hear to hear about that. Mm -hmm. And then just to recap for those listening. So yeah, this episode is we're meeting with Marion from Bookbunk, which is an organization based in Nairobi, Kenya. And so Bookbunk is working to restore some of Nairobi's most iconic public libraries into sites of heritage, public art, collective memory, knowledge production, shared experiences, cultural leadership, and information exchange. So that's like a mouthful and they do so much. And you'll hear in our discussion with Marion that they, they really do do it all and 
that was one of the highlights of, I think the discussion was um, how diversified the work that they're doing is and how they're really working to bring in the community and make these spaces as accessible as possible in so many different ways. Like they tackle this like digitally um, in terms of like bringing these archives and, 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 and uh, information into the digital space that people can access, I guess, remotely a little bit of everywhere, but then also like physically in how the building is actually being renovated and restored by working with um, local community members. And also there's this social aspect, which I think is a critical aspect of any public library system is like the programming that you provide and who it's targeted for and how that brings people in. It makes them feel like the sense of belonging in the space. Cause I, I feel like I grew up really in libraries <laughs> and, oh, and for sure. basically, yeah, I grew up in libraries to the point where I worked at the library. <laughs> I, mean, I know. <laughs> I love libraries. Two of my best friends are librarians. It's amazing. I'm just, they're, un, they're underrated. Like, they truly are. Having fun isn't hard when you have a library card. <laughs> also, favorite episode of Arthur. <laughs> but uh, exactly. So yeah, libraries, as we talk about in our discussion with, with Mary and our, um, as they say, palaces for the people. It's also the name of one of their podcasts that they have going on mm -hmm. and also a book that explores these topics if anyone's interested in reading more about public libraries and their role in the city. But um, it was really great meeting with her. And so we hope you enjoy yeah. our discussion. Yeah. So uh, my name is Marion Anzango. I'm a literature enthusiast. Um, basically, I love African literature. I love reading uh, African literature. And I also love writing. Um, I hope to like, one day become an author. And um, so I studied uh, literature in, in my university, a Bachelor of Arts uh, in Literature and Communication. And um, in 2018, that's when I joined Bookbank as a research volunteer. When uh, Bookbank was just starting, they were getting to like, um, what we were doing basically were administering questionnaires to the library users to just kind of know what they want for their spaces, how they want the spaces to be transformed, what changes they want in the spaces. Yeah, that's uh, where I began. And uh, after that, in 2019, when I was also in, in school, we started, so uh, Bookbank had discovered that uh, co the collections that, they, that were in the library, there was no catalog of this collection. There was no um, records of the collections in the library. So they decided to start uh, recording and keeping records of the books and the collection and items, basically everything that was in the library. So um, I was a lead intern for that process. Uh, we cataloged about uh, 137,705 items total in all the three branches of the library. Yeah, and that was 2019. So um, in 2020, while the COVID, there was the pandemic, um, we were doing the weeding of this collection. So uh, for the library, because most of the, these libraries are very old and most of the collection, this means that most of the collections are also old. So we had to just kind of go through the collection and see what we needed to discard. So that's what we call the weeding process. So we weeded out the, the collection and kept uh, some of the endangered collection. And we went on to digitize some of these old newspapers and minutes and everything that needed to be kept for 
future reference and yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, BookBunk does a lot of different things and you already started touching on some of the interesting work that you do, but can you tell us yeah. more about like BookBunk, kind of like what's the story behind the organization, um, how, how we got it started and then also some of the different things that you do? Oh, yeah, just to uh, mention something that I might have forgotten in the introduction. So mm -hmm. uh, currently I'm the acquisitions coordinator at BookBank. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I basically do is curating and managing the collections at the library and also managing their records. So uh, for me, the what has stood out in my work um, as the acquisitions coordinator is just getting to come up with a new classification system for the books a classification system that that makes sure that the experiences of Kenyans and Africans are captured and this is also in a bid to decolonize the collection and yeah so um for the next question which is um how bookbank started and the story behind bookbank so bookbank uh, was is a social impact firm that was founded in 2017 october 20 uh, october 24th 2017 and it was founded by two amazing ladies um, one of them is a publisher called uh, angela washuka and uh, angela washuka is a leading publisher in kenya and the other one is called Wanjiro Koinange, who's an author, and her de debut novel is called The Havoc of Choice, which is a bestseller in Kenya. So, um, and how basically how it started is um, the two founders were actually looking for a space to host an event. They were, that time they were working at Kwani, which is a publishing fan, firm. So um, they were looking for a space to host an, an event and they wanted a public space. So uh, being that they then they walked to Macmillan Memorial Library, which is our branch in town. And after seeing the like the story set of the library, they they decided to do something for the library. And uh, them being a publisher and an author, they were it was sad to see the 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 story set the dilapidated set of the library. So they they thought of donating books, but that was just not enough because the books were the shelves were dirty, um, the shelves were dusty. Uh, so they decided to kind of start storing the space, renovating the space, and that that is how Bookbank was born. So the uh, Bookbank was founded to kind of um, renovate and restore iconic libraries in Nairobi. Yeah, like you touched on this just a little bit just now, but Alexandra and I, we read kind of BookBunk's approach to library restoration and that it's like exper experiential, social, digital, architectural. But mm -hmm. could you walk us through kind of the restoration pro the process from like, from these different lenses? So, uh... There's the experiential, the social, the digital, and the architectural um, bit of the just the restoration. So for the experiential, we just kind of want to change what uh, what is happening at the library, what people do at the library, like. Um, apart from just uh, nurturing the academics and uh, literally pursuits of library users, what else can the library offer? What else can people do at libraries? 
So uh, we thought of uh, these diverse and accessible programs happening at the library, basically to kind of promote our cultural heritage. Um, so uh, there are different uh, events that happen in the library, and I, will I also uh, talk about that. There's music banks, there's Hepper Jam program, and so on. Yeah, and for the social, for the social bit, um, we want to kind of just uh, build a palace for the people, a safe space for everyone to kind of just access where people can access any services that they want, be it uh, tax education, be it legal advice. So yeah, that's uh, the social bit of the restoration process. And when it comes to the digital, uh, this is just to introduce technology. Like um, right now the world is evolving and everything is going digital. So we want it, the digital life of the library to match what is going on in Nairobi and the world in general. So we want to introduce technology into all aspects and functions of the library, uh, such as the online catalogs, the collection management, and so on. And then there's the architectural bit, which is the physical renovations of the library. This, um, making sure we renovate the, the, the libraries, but uh, making sure to maintain their historical, their, their, the histories of the library. So, um, and for this, uh, we, we started with the two branches, because there are three branches of the libraries. One is in, uh, in town called Macmillan Memorial Library, and there's another one in Eastlands. Actually, two of them are in Eastlands, in Kalole, the Kaloleni Library, which is a children's uh, library, and there's Eastlands Library, which is basically targets uh, the youth. So um, the physical renovation of these two libraries, the Kaloleni Library and Eastlands Library, are done. They were started. They started in 2020 during the okay. Kalole, for Kaloleni, it started uh, just before the COVID, uh, and then uh, when COVID hit, we started thinking how we, how we could do this. But yeah, it went on to, and we were able to complete um, the renovation of Kaloleni Library in 2020 amidst the pandemic, and also started. Um, the Eastlands Library, which was also completed in 2021. And for the physical renovations, we make sure that the community participate in these renovations. So it's them that build the library and renovate the library. Yeah. Amazing. That's actually very cool. And it kind of it fits in a little bit kind of to my next question. So in Canada, like, we're, especially when it comes to heritage, we're like very much in a moment of like decolonization um, and giving Kenya's colonial legacy and colonial um, history. What is like, what is Bookbug doing to promote kind of traditional Kenyan culture in these spaces? So um, maybe I'll just begin with the first, the collection, just talking about the collection because I kind of need that. And it gets me excited that we are trying to decolonize the collection. And uh, in a need to just um, promote uh, Kenya's culture in these spaces, we want to make sure that we acquire collections that 
talk about the Kenyan experience, Africans' experience, and yeah, promote our own um, our own experiences and our own writing. Uh, because uh, most of the collection uh, that were in the library, these were acquired since uh, Macmillan was uh, opened in 1931. And during that time, when the library was opened, there was it was not intended for the African people. So you get that most of the collections were only for the white people. So in a to just decolonize this uh, collection, because we even had an Africana collection, but you could find that the, most of these collections were written about African people or Kenyan people, but, but on our, uh, in a white man's perspective. So we are trying to make sure that we decolonize these collections and include more books uh, by Kenyan authors and African authors. And also um, another point will be, um, when we started the digitization process, which is just kind of uh, digitizing the collections, the newspapers and the old um, collections in the library. So uh, what we are doing the, uh, right now, is, which is called um, uh, the Missing Bits Project, we are getting to kind of add the experience of, of Kenya in colonial and post-colonial era to the library's archives. Uh, basically what we are doing, we are getting people to kind of just record and maybe even bring their photos and tell their stories about uh, maybe the people who are 60 years and beyond, they can tell us what was happening during the colonial era. Because you find most of these newspapers, we do not have the stories of the Kenyans, like what, what was happening to the Kenyans and Africans during that time. So we are getting people to just kind of record their stories, bring their pictures, like in terms of what fashion was there in those times. Uh, yeah, what books they were reading and so on. That's amazing. That's so interesting and, and like very important as well. Yeah, and also we are uh, getting artists to just kind of install some artwork in the library, Kenyan artists. And we also have a program that is called uh, Music Bank, uh, where we invite uh, artists. We, it, it's a music education program, so we invite artists to come and uh, teach uh, people about our music and our heritage and culture. Yeah. That's amazing. In uh, kind of in a similar vein, Again, like in the Canadian context, there's kind of an emerging discourse around like the naming and renaming of public buildings and streets. Yeah. Um, one of like one of the, the main universities in Toronto is, is currently in the process of being renamed. Like yeah. many argue for the removal of colonial names. Um, so is the changing of the name of the library, because I understand Macmillan was kind of was like a colonial leader. Is that a discussion that your team is having? So to answer this question, um, we do not have a, a legal mandate to do so. But mm -hmm. if you ask me, I would, I would change the. I wouldn't even think twice of, about changing the name because Macmillan. Yes, the library was built uh, by his wife in in his memory, but. Being that he is a he was a white settler that kept that kept Kenyans as prisoners in his house, I wouldn't even mm -hmm. think about changing the name. But um, since we do not have the legal mandate, uh, we'll get to like 
present this discussion to the public um, before we begin the the, uh, the, the, the renovation of the Macmillan Library, the main branch, we will present this uh, discussion to the public. And if the public decides that they want the name to be changed, then we can go through mm. the legal procedures to rename the library. So yeah. Oh, okay, interesting, interesting. Um, so my next question, you kind of already touched on this, but maybe you can expand. So we noticed that you have a lot of arts-based programming that celebrates local heritage at BookBunk. Can you tell us a bit more about like BookBunk's involvement with supporting local artists and creating opportunities for um, the community to engage with arts and culture or local arts and culture? Yeah, basically uh, we believe that um... We, we really uh, promote culture and heritage um, at the libraries. And being that uh, we get to express ourselves through our arts, uh, express our interests and experience through our art, uh, we really pro uh, want to promote local artists and basically just create opportunities for the uh, community to engage in arts and cultures. And to do so, we have uh, programs such as the NBO Lead Fest, uh, which basically uh, celebrates arts. Uh, and uh, during the NBO Lead Fest, uh, we invite artists to come and uh, showcase, uh, for example, the musicians to come and showcase their music, uh, artists to come and promote their ads, authors to come and talk about their books. And yeah, and we also have art installations in the libraries and different programs to support art and culture, yeah. I want to go back to one of the things you had mentioned at the beginning when you were talking about uh, like the restoration process and you got to the architectural component and you said something interesting that um, you really involve the community in like I guess the rebuilding of these libraries, I guess like physically rebuilding the libraries. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you could um, tell us a bit more about how that process is like. So uh, for the restoration, like I said, for the physical restoration, we want to make sure that these spaces are accessible, they are safe spaces, because when uh, before the renovations of the library, or if you could come at the library, they were in a state that wasn't too inviting. And also for the Macmillan, myself, I studied uh, at the University of Nairobi. And being that uh, the Macmillan Memorial Library is just a stone throw away from the university, I will say I never got to visit the library because even, even when you pass just in front of the library, you will think the library is not accessible to the public because it looks closed. So what we, we are trying to renovate these places to make them accessible to everyone, to make them inclusive. And uh, doing that, we, all, we try to uh, engage the community to just kind of let them know that this library belongs to them. And that we do through uh, by um, making sure that they participate in the renovation. Like for example, uh, getting the casual laborers, the painters, the what. So yeah, we make sure that we, uh, they participate in the renovation of the library in terms of just building anything that they can do is, if it's painting and whatnot, yeah. So that they can just know that this is for them. Have I, have I answered your question? 
No, yes, you definitely did. And, and that's really interesting because you're talking about like decolonizing. You talked about like the collection, decolonizing, we talked about the names, but then also, yeah. you know, taking back um, the, the physical building itself and reasserting mm-hmm. like its purpose for it being for the people and making people feel like welcome and that it belongs to them. So that's really important. Um, and so, yeah, we noticed that you do a lot of programming. You touched on that as well, but your programming goes beyond just dealing with books. Like you do you provide homework with help and support, tax and financial literacy programs. You do, you yeah. give tours, <laughs> you do a lot of different <laughs> things. So, and and I used to actually work for the, here at the Toronto Public Library for like five years. And that's also something I noticed that libraries, they do like so much stuff, but like their role is often misunderstood and, and appreciated in, um, in our society. So, um, and you touched on these a little bit, uh, these different pro- programmings um, already, but um, yeah, can you explain, um, I guess, more in depth, some of the programming that Bookbunk does? So yeah, we have different programs and I'll mention a few, or if I can remember all of them. Mm-hmm. So there is the HEPA Jam program. Uh, this is, um, HEPA jam, like it's it's basically extended hours of the library uh, opening hours. So the library normally closes at five, but we extend it to around eight p.m. so that uh, pe- uh, people can come read. Uh, children can come after school can come and get tutored, like get one-on-one tutor uh, in in uh, the various subjects that they are studying in school. So, and we, uh, the public can also get to kind of like, um, when I mentioned uh, uh, the experiential part or the social part uh, about the public getting other services at the library. So for HEPAJAM, you can come and get, uh, if it's a legal, you want a one-on-one session with a legal uh, advisor, a lawyer and and so on. So HEPAJAM, there is Hebadan, then there is a music bank, which I also mentioned. So this is a music education program where kids are taught about music, the different instruments. Yeah. And then there's also the film screenings wherever we we'll, we just screen different movies and to kind of just teach the public what is going on in Kenya and just uh, uh, promote our art, our culture. And then there's the, the mother of all programs, which is the annual gala that happens every end of the year, December 11th. So uh, for the gala, it's just a fundraising event for Book Bank. Yeah. Yeah, we saw some of the images from the gala. It looks really nice. <laughs> it's like a lot of we fun. Were like, we were like, wow, that looks fun. We should go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but um yeah going back to the HEPA jam program so we're reading through like the description of it um yeah you offer everything from like homework help to tax support and arts workshops and so and then also it says like one of your goals is to offer the public respite from Nairobi's infamous rush hour and we thought that was interesting both being from Toronto and the rush hour that we deal with here so but um, that's that's why it's called HEPA jam so mm -hmm. you kind of like yeah, trying to escape the traffic, the rush hour. Oh, Come okay. to the library at five, because the, the rush hour is normally around five and six when mm-hmm. everyone is rushing back home. So instead of like being caught in the rush hour, you can just come chill at the library, get to read your book, and yeah, then you can leave afterwards. 
Yeah. And so based on that, I guess the, uh, or you can explain a bit more, like the target audience for HypaJam sounds to be like very broad. Like it's something that sounds like youth can take advantage of, but also adults as well. Yeah, basically everyone. Everyone is a target of HypaJam because if you want to come and uh, get any service that you want, you can come at the library and get. So basically all the public, everyone can access these services. Everyone can come for the HypaJam program. So yeah. It targets basically everyone. And then going back to the conversation about traffic <laughs> and, um, and trying to escape traffic. Um, yeah. But reading that made us think that, um, that there might not be like a lot of like public space, let's say in the city that people can access if the library is providing this sort of respite. So I was wondering if you can kind of like paint us a picture of what the like public space landscape is like in Nairobi. I think, um, the public landscape uh, in Nairobi, uh, and this uh, started in the colonial times. So most of these public spaces that were were created in Nairobi were not meant for the black people. They were not created uh, with the Kenyans in mind. So ever since this, these spaces have not evolved and there hasn't been much investment into the public uh, spaces. And um, I, I think there is hope because of organizations and entities like Bookbank. Like um, Bookbank has come to like just kind of transform these spaces into, uh, into accessible and um, inclusive spaces. And right now, if you come to the libraries, you feel safe and I can say that the numbers have also in, uh, increased for the Kaloleni and the Eastlands Library, and the people are happy to be in the spaces. So I'll, I would say there is, there is hope, uh, though there hasn't been much uh, investment into the space, but there is hope. And also we've had individuals who have fought uh, to kind of just um, renovate and restore and serve these public spaces. And uh, we have the like of, uh, in Kenya, we have the like of Wangare Madai, um, who fought to, the, there is a forest called Karura Forest. Uh, she fought to make sure that uh, the public gets to enjoy this forest. And because you can just go there and have your picnic and go chill. So in as much as there has not been so much investment, there is hope for this public spaces. <laughs> it's great to hear. That's, a, that's amazing. And I think that you might have even, you generally answered my next question, but in broad strokes and from your perspective, can you tell us why public libraries are so important to cities? Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, public libraries are important because um, they provide access to information, which uh, through which I, I think it, with the public getting the access to, to information, we get to kind of promote our cultural heritage and, exp and expression. And we get to kind of just discover our heritage uh, by reading books uh, by Kenyans and yeah, Africans. Uh, most people get to like, discover our cultural heritage. For example, right now that we are digitizing the collection, uh, people are able to access them online. And that means people will, uh, will be able to read what was happening in Kenya in 1931, 1933. Yeah, so uh, it, pro it provides access to information. 
libraries also nurture creativity and from what bookbank uh, what bookbank is doing i would i am confident that libraries uh, nurture creativity uh, through uh, a program such as music bank the, the kids mm -hmm. come and learn about music and through that they are able to discover like um i like playing piano i like singing and yeah just kind of nurture their creativity because mm -hmm they offer the space, the safe space for them to exercise that. And it also, it also offers the freedom for them to do that. I can also add that they preserve our memories and conserve our heritage. Because uh, through the collection, uh, we are able to, you can just basically come at the library and see like what book was being read in, in the past uh, years. And you can read the book and get to experience the memories of people that were there during that time. And uh, they also offer safe space for people to share and exchange ideas. Like uh, basically um, so many people visit the library and uh, from even what I get to, uh, to see at uh, this time, I, the kids come from different backgrounds and they meet here and kind of just exchange ideas, share knowledge and, yeah. Amazing. That, like, it's, I think libraries, like Alexandra said this before, but they do so much more than just like a place to get books. It's like such a yeah. support for like the community. But they also need a lot of support. So, kind of, my yeah. next question is what support or partnerships do you think municipalities can provide? to help with the maintenance and expansion of, of Bookbunk's programming and service? Uh, first, I, I would say allocating budget, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, funding, funding this organization, like uh, to kind of like do all these, of course we need funding, uh, we need a budget. So just uh, maybe in terms of uh, allocating resources for the to renovate and restore and manage these spaces. Then uh, there's also, they can support, they can also, uh, municipalities can also, and counties in Kenya uh, can support uh, entities such as Bookbank. Like if there are different entities that want to do the same, they can offer their support to such entities. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I think that municipalities should definitely be doing more to support libraries like everywhere probably yeah and they can also invite the pu public participation in such uh, endeavors of restoring and renovating uh, public spaces and public libraries yeah i like that the idea i guess you know they say the libraries are like, i saw you you have a podcast <laughs> called palaces for the people also there's that book yeah. <laughs> palaces for the people but that's exactly it <laughs> how do you make this space for the people and a part of that is like you said inviting them in and having them voice their opinions and talk about uh what they want to see in these spaces yeah. and so you do so much <laughs> so we want to know what's next for book bunk what other projects you have underway so there's there's so much um, <laughs> in store for Bookbank. Uh, first of all, there's the renovation of the main branch, the main, uh, the Macmillan Memorial Library, the main branch. So we hope to begin the renovation uh, next year. And yeah, that's what's next. Because uh, the, the space is like 
quite old and we are so excited to see um, how how the renovation uh, just basically the end result of it uh, so that's what's next and then we've also uh, there's something that we have been working on which is called um, the library ecosystem research so basically we started with Nairobi just kind of um, trying to find libraries that are, are around Nairobi so we started with the desktop research uh, just uh, in on the internet trying to find what libraries are in Nairobi and then we also went on to do the field research where we visited these libraries to actually see if they exist. So, um, and we are doing, we are extending that to Kenya, just kind of uh, uh, getting to find out uh, libraries around Kenya. So uh, what's next for Bupang? After we are done with the Macmillan libraries, we want to see what other libraries we can renovate. And basically this is, what we are doing with the Macmillan Libraries is a flagship project, and it's a pilot pilot project that we hope to replicate for other for these other libraries. So, what's next for it? We hope to renovate other libraries around Nairobi and then eventually around Kenya. Oh, one one more thing that I can add as the acquisitions coordinator. Uh, one thing that ha I have been excited to kind of uh, work on is the accessibility research. So uh, this includes just uh, finding how, finding out how we can facilitate access for the for the for people with disabilities at the library. So basically, we have begun by trying to just facilitate um, access to reading materials uh, for the visually impaired, and this includes just um, availing. Uh, all these assistive devices, uh, braille books, and so on. And yeah, this has actually stood out for me because um, it's actually so shocking that we don't get to like, kind of think how these people, how they can access uh, re reading materials. And this is this also inform, informs Bookbank's work because we are trying to transform this places into inclusive and accessible ones. So that's uh, what uh, is I'm working right on right now and what I'm excited about is making sure that these people have the same access that we have to all these uh, reading materials and collections, so yeah. No, that's really great. Um, and yeah, you raise a good point about, yeah, who's missing from these spaces and how do we make them, yeah, accessible for them and, and deserves yeah. to be for everybody. So that's really important work. It's exciting stuff. And I look forward to seeing, I guess, when that's all done, <laughs> <laughs> seeing it and one day visiting it and seeing how it all comes together. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And so my next question for you is, uh, how can people get involved and support the growth of your initiatives? So um, they can donate. Um, they can visit our website www.bookbank.org to donate. And then uh, we also we also really encourage partnerships with corporates and other large institutions that want to kind of support cultural heritage work and re restoration of libraries. Yeah, and also uh, people can visit the library if it's the Kaloleni library the Eastlands library and just uh, volunteer their time money or whatever they can so yeah that's how you can support book <laughs> that's great and that 
finishes our last question. So thank you so much. You did, you did thank so you. Well. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Karibu is where you're welcome in, in Swahili. Swahili, yeah. Sorry, I don't, yeah. my, my family speaks Swahili, but I don't know. <laughs> but I know that word. <laughs> Karibu. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. For this episode's show notes and other resources, make sure to visit www.urbanlimitrove.com. Also, please don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media to stay up to date and stay tuned for new episodes coming your way. Until next time.